0: Hey, welcome to the All-49ers show. We're the All-49ers writers. Jose Sanchez, Grant Cohn, part of the Fan Nation Network. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was part of the Sports Illustrated Network. I forget. One of the two. Anyway, we're going to be doing like uh, like a yearbook style among the recognized today, but not like nice stuff because I don't do that. We're going to do like some nice, but then we'll always balance it out with something equally not nice because that's how we do here. Um, we're also going to talk about the Warriors at the end because they're still alive and everyone's watching that series. But first,
1: Go we're going to talk about what
0: George Kittle said to Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart got a one-on-one with George. First and nice George pass. said that he thinks the NFL should have two bye weeks now that there are 17 games. Um, my first, my my second reaction was that George is right. My first reaction, though, was,
1: of course, George will want two bye weeks. Anyway, <laughs> what, what do you think? Um, I, I'll go with that if they increase it. What not? If because I firmly believe that in like the coming years, they're gonna boost it to yet another game, <laughs> another game of the season. If, if, what is it? Seventeen games now. I bet you it's gonna be eighteen, like total actual game now. Um, so once they boost it at that, that's when I feel like, okay, it'd be easier to split in half, right? So you go, okay, nine to nine. Um, see, you're right. Like, what, what if if Kittle and the
0: NFLPA try to propose this at the next collective bargaining? uh So you know negotiation the owners will be like okay yeah second second bye week 18 games
1: it's only right i mean i mean shoot i mean one more game but first of all i, I kind of hated the first uh the extra 17th game i kind of didn't i was like ah, come on just, let's not mess with it it's already fine same thing with the seventh wild card but even though last year was kind of cool but still i mean in my, in my opinion, I like it better with the way it was originally. But if that's the way Kittle wants it, which I think it's it's funny how your first reaction was, of course, Kittle wants it, and they're in the ice bath, which is supposed to heal your body. Uh-huh. A little bit of irony there. I, mean, but I, would, yeah. I would say that, yeah, 18 games would have to be the one where, all right, then if you want two bye weeks, then 18 games. Yeah. But I don't totally don't blame him for why he's feeling that way and the exact reasons why you're thinking for your first reaction.
0: He's right. He's absolutely right. There should be two bye weeks. But I'm telling you, be careful what you wish for, what you ask for, because if you ask for this, I guarantee the NFL is coming back, like you said, with that 18 game proposal. And you'll probably end up having to do it. So that's rough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny how Kittle went from being the like, man, I can't get enough of football to I I just want to I want to stay in bounds and take the most hits possible. I love the physicality. I love practice, too. I'm not practicing. I want an extra bye week. (laughs) I mean, that's just the NFL, right? It
1: happens to everyone. But it's crazy how it happened to him like overnight. It's about his, uh, what was it? What what did he say to you? It's, oh, I don't have non contact injuries or something like that. Or what what was it? He said something. Yeah, he did. Whatever his injuries are, but whatever they they are. I mean, it is taxing. I mean, shoot, this guy's out there just like being an elite receiver and bashing fools' heads in. I mean, I'm pretty sure when he's over there pancaking, he's getting his his helmet and digging in on someone because that's a lot of times what a lineman used to do. One of my cousins, when he was growing up playing as lineman, he said, what I would always do. I get in them and I drive them back, and then I head back. <laughs> so then that way you got a bunch of contact going there. So that way you let the opponent know, like I'm, it's gonna keep happening. That way you make them. That's a way of softening them up. So okay. I, okay. Yeah, I don't really well, see uh, the what the, <clears throat> the Kittle why why he wouldn't definitely wouldn't suggest that. I mean, I'm making fun of Kittle, but like he's right. No,
0: there should be two bye weeks. The 17th game is outrageous. The fact that they did that, the fact that I mean, Thursday night football in and of itself. Is outrageous because the games are terrible it's hardly nfl football there's no uh game planning it's not right to ask yeah. the players to play on whatever three days rest it's outrageous but the nfl clearly doesn't care so yeah kittle's definitely right
1: just want to say that i that's while we're at it just get rid of thursday night football it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. but I've, I've always hated it there's a reason why they always put the bottom feeding team's on Thursday night football, and then, but I think this year now that, they've, now that they got it on Amazon, they actually like juiced it up. You got like Chiefs and Chargers. I think even the Niners are on there playing someone good. Oh no, that's the Seattle. No one cares about that game. But um, isn't it funny
0: how Richard Sherman is going to be an announcer for Thursday night football when he's been vocal about how awful Thursday night football is? I mean, he's on record, maybe. But I mean, he's. Re- I just think that's funny. Like, yeah, everyone hates Thursday night football until it's time to make money off of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Saying. But yeah, it I mean, shouldn't even because uh, like they always say like hey you have a little mini bye week after the Thursday night. Well, yeah, because you just played on 48 hours of rest.
1: Yeah, that's always that's always been like the worst turnaround. Like, let me just go ahead and play. And you're wondering why like, some of these guys get injured like the the game before or even during that same game. But you, you got Richard Sherman who's always against Thursday night football. All right, I'll take Amazon. And then you got John Lynch, who was offered almost the same. That was probably uh that was probably Lynch's position that Sherman actually took. If you think about it. Yeah. So we're yeah, showing it. Like, I, I need the game. I need the game. I don't have enough for this. So let me just say let me just say man, John Lynch is a football junkie. He, what did he did? It's like 15 million, 20 million, whatever was reported yeah. to stay yeah. on for like half as much. I guess Thursday night
0: football sucks for a few reasons. I mean, it's it's one, it's unfair for the players who aren't fully uh, recovered. But also like one yep. of the things I like most about football is the game planning and strategy from the coaches. You don't get much of that in Thursday night football. They do not have time to really to do the, the the homework, let alone install whatever they were going to do specific to that opponent. So it sucks. But yeah, anyway, that's enough of this topic. Let's move on <laughs> to among the recognized. And we're going to start off with, you know, something a little bit not so nice. We got to keep it real here. Oh, no. Jose, who's the most overpaid player on the 49ers?
1: Yeah, like I was telling you before, I was trying to decipher which one. So I'm looking for overpaid in terms of like their cap hit because of course, you know, that's the one if say Fortnite's want to get rid of them, that's the one that's really going to register the most. And I I I can't not notice, but Samson Abicon is there with the eight point two five million dollar (laughs) uh registered cap hit. And if you want to go really in depth for his like salary, it's about I think it was looking at like five or six or whatever. Point point is I don't like that. Cap hit for a guy who is pretty much just a rotational player.
0: Real quick, we're not doing Jimmy Garoppolo for people who are like, "Hey, it's Jimmy no, 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 Obviously, no. it's Jimmy Garoppolo. We're no not D4 doing either. Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Back to you. Yeah, no D forty there. We don't count though. That's that's yeah, like no, no, no. That's obvious. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, Samson Evercon, Like, come on, man. We're not gonna like. I understand defensive line especially edge rushers, are pretty much a like kind of a premium. But this is not even like a premium player. I mean, <laughs> when the 4 signed him they brought him on coming into a. Damn, was was he coming into 2020 or 2021? Now it feels like so long he's been getting signed. But either way, I like it was it was kind of remarkable to see the kind of hype that people were trying to sell him, and of course the Niners were one of the people trying to sell him about, yeah, he's going to be a great, solid rotational player for us. And it was like he's had his moments, he had stretches, but at that cap, it was that cool. See, what's funny to cool? me is like I like EbuCom.
0: and he's I like him here. too, he not at that cap, but I know. But like, here, let, me, let me let me put it like this: EbuCom gives you. And yeah, his cap hit is high, but his average per year is low because I think he had like 2 million last year, 8 million this year. You got a guy like Armstead, who's, I think, at 9 million this year, but his average is way higher because it's going to go up to like 22, 24, 25 soon. I feel like Seb- EbuCom gives you a whole lot of what Armstead gives you for half the price, almost all of it. Is Armstead a better pass rusher? Maybe. Maybe. Yes. Is he a better run defender? They play different positions. EbuCom's a better edge-, edge setter. I don't know. But I, it's a good. I'm just saying, if if Ebercom is overpaid, then I would have to say Armstead is as well, because Armstead's really expensive. Not this year, but coming up, Armstead. But that's who, that's not who I want to go with. The most overpaid player on the team, Fred Warner. Oh, all right. Again, he his contract hasn't gotten out of hand yet. This year he's going to be making eight million. Next year it's eighteen. After that, twenty two. After that, twenty four. And the thing about Fred Warner, he's a good player, but he's not in the backfield as much as Yvonne Bowman, Patrick Willis, Aziz He His value is coverage. And last year he didn't have a remarkable season in coverage. He was ordinary. In fact, he got beat a lot. I feel like his coverage ability was overstated. It's They made it out to be like he's a man-to-man lockdown linebacker. Like, no, nah, he plays zone, and he made some plays in coverage last few years. He didn't last year. I think oh, – fast. He, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't think he's really his value is run defense. It's not coverage. His car. Co- I mean, his coverage was ordinary last year. And run defense, like you really shouldn't be spending eighteen million dollars, twenty million dollars, on a run defending linebacker. Like run defense is important, but you don't need to make those kind of investments to ha- to have good run defense. Like look at the other linebacker. Look at Aziz and Dre Greenlaw. Really good players, not getting eighteen million dollars a year. And he's just only going to get more and more. Fred Warner, that contract is going to look bad unless he's going to be out here getting, you know, just 10 pass breakups and two picks a year.
1: Okay, you push back on my epic. i push back on your Fred Warner take. Do it. Uh, <laughs> Do it. So w- w- when, did, when did Fred Warner get paid? Pretty much like pretty much last year, right? Going into 2021. Yep. Every year before that, the guy was just ascending and ascending and ascending. And his, tra- his trajectory was looking phenomenal, or at least even mm-hmm. the way he was, you know, in that zone. And that's basically what they all pay for. Right. And so we already knew his run defense was already pretty high stature. His pass defense was cool too, but especially in 2020, he balled the hell out. That's why he gained that all pro status. He did. So you have that. And then not even that, he was an efficient blitzer. That's another thing. He And I think he still kind of was an efficient blitzer going in there, knowing how to time his blitz shooting up in there. And the guy is just an athletic freak. Like I said, he's speed. That's why I think he gets that little, the little nut of, Oh man, coverage. Cause he just gets out there so quickly. But ultimately, that's what the Niners gambled on. And they thought in 2021 they were still going to get that. And sure, he started out slow. But second half of the season, to me, I saw a guy who was still making impact. You know, oh, no. I'm like, not saying he's a bad player. I'm no, of saying, course not. Of course not. I, I'm just I think it's like, worth it because premium yeah, linebackers yeah. cost that much. He's very
0: expensive. And, you know, the Niners are like, you know, they, they don't really spend on DBs. They don't spend very much on DBs. They spend a lot on linebackers. They've done it for a long time. I mean, they made. Willis, the highest paid linebacker. Bowman, now Warner. I think maybe that's a little old school because really, again, I don't think coverage linebacker – I've yet to see a guy who's a dominant coverage linebacker year in and year out. Warner had some good years, but I don't know how, like, repeatable that is. It might be a little um, random. And I think really with linebackers, their biggest projectable, consistent impact is against the run, and it's a passing league now. So I'm just saying he he's going to have to really find ways to it's going to be tough to be worth 20 million a year as an inside linebacker but if he can have the the coverage impact that he had in the past he can do it. Anyway, sorry Fred.
1: <laughs> That's all he needs. Sorry, That's friend. all I need cuz the way yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. I'm not trying to slate my fellow DB community but like I'd rather have a linebacker who can excel in the run and be solid in pass coverage than a safety who can just go up in there like you know the way they're trying to like the way the Seattle Seahawks brought up uh, that big nickel situation, hey, we'll take a linebacker out, I'll put the safety in. But the way the way these linebackers are going, they're being so much more athletic that now they can be great pass coverage players. So that way you can have more flexibility with your formation where you're going to line these players up. And it's going to keep a offense a little bit of mismatching. That's why I like the way Fred is going. So, again, if he comes out doing good, that value back in there again. Let me ask you this.
0: Would you rather have Fred Warner five years ninety-five million uh twenty-seven million guaranteed at signing, average salary of nineteen million, or minka Fitzpatrick, four years seventy-three ish, average salary 18-ish, total guarantees 36? I mean, similar, right? Who would you rather have? Fred Warner or Minka? And
1: yeah, Minka's a hell of a player. I think uh... I think I would have to slightly lean with Fred just because of the better mm-hmm. run defense. I mean, Minka's great. He get he he also gets some turnovers too from there. Which, how, how much turnovers? Is he getting? But I don't, I know he's been around there. But that guy's a ball hawk. Yeah, in the way he knows how to like get up in there and like play with the hands and through the ball and through the receiver. Um, but I think I'm just gonna have to lean with Fred Warner just because like again, you still have that run element. I mean, yes, the passing league, and you're right. That's where you really want to pay your money making players. Yeah. But. We want, want we want the run, too, because if we can stop the run, then we can – and especially on offense, if we can take a lead, we know what they're going to do after and pass. And that's something that Fred can do, and he does well. It's not like he gets a miss. They pick on no, him. No, he get He's on. He's good. He's good. He's good. I would take Minka, though. I,
0: I, give me the DB. That's real coverage. That's coverage that you can bank on, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, Plus, he can play multiple Fred, positions. Course, but anyway, Fred Warner, good player. Fred, don't hate me. Or hate me. You can hate me. That's fine.
1: Moving on. Most underpaid player on the 49ers. Oh, you want to take this one because I was still debating right now. I want to see where you're going. Where you're going with this?
0: All right, hold on. Let me get let me get his exact number for the, for this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. To, to me, it's gotta be Jawan Jennings. Okay. He is. He plays a premium position. He plays wide receiver. He could lead the team in touchdown catches this year. He's a very important player in this team. He's he's not a starter, but he could have anywhere from six to 12 touchdown catches this year um, and lead the team because that's how he was used last year. It was a red zone threat. It's how, how he was using the OTAs. That's a ton of impact to have. The guy who scores touchdowns, his salary for this year is $825,000. If the, if the leading, if the guy who leads this team in touchdowns or touchdown catches makes $825,000, I feel like that's a bargain. It's a bargain.
1: So I'm going with Jennings. <laughs> I'm deciding if I want to go with the cop-out answer and say, is it Debo Samuel? He's underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's too uh, low hanging fruit. There's here No comes, way he plays on that. On that
0: He's not going to play on that uh, contract this year. It's exactly. That's idea.
1: what I'm saying. That's too, that's yeah. too obvious. He's obviously the low, lowest, the uh, lowest one. Uh, how about, um, you know what I, I, I was going to look at, how about Elijah Mitchell? He's not even registering a freaking like million at that point, just because he is the starting running back. He was a starting running back. And, um, I don't think he's some like elite runner like he looks like, but he's definitely very solid and very capable, and has high and is a high level player. Um, I I just see the way like look. I understand he misses games; he's a little looking like a little injury prone. But shoot, premium back like him, not premium. Excuse me, a very good, almost upper echelon back like him. That was great. Sure, would you want him to break more ten plus yard runs? But hey, he was a consistent, like almost like death by a million paper cuts, like two to six yards over and over again, and it kept the change moving. Get the clock running, kept the offense on the field. That's running back you want. And the guy was playing well. He knows how to do the system and stepped in immediately. So to him, I think he's the most underpaid. Um, even if you under, even if they put uh, Ty Davis Price in a rotation, Jeff Williams, he's ultimately still going to be running back one. And he's he's done a phenomenal job of what he did, especially after last year. That was the other guy I was thinking of, Mitchell.
0: The reason I went with um, Juwan is I feel like running backs are a little no, bit I love more, Juwan, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I just felt like running backs are a little bit more abundant. You know what I'm saying? More abundant. And, and like, a, a, you know, t- a wide receiver who could get you 10 touchdown catches in a season is kind of rare. But, yeah, Mitchell's a good one, too. Someone else mentioned Bosa. I have to say, yeah, Nick Bosa. It's a good one. Don't want to Trey take a that one. <laughs> one either. Trey Lance, perhaps, although the Niners made him pretty expensive by trading up. But that's not financial. That's draft capital. Anyone else that needs to be a shout-out here? No, I think we're good. Let's move on. <laughs> most <laughs> was overrated. Most overrated player on the 49ers. This has nothing to do with money. This
1: is all hype. Overrated. I'd have to say, <clears throat> look, to me, it's uh it was kind of like a little bit of a, a tuck and pull again here. But uh, I gotta think the most overrated is a little bit is a little bit maybe Mike McGlinchy. Mike McGlinchey, just because I know it's kind of similar. Like, who overrates? It's Mike true, McGlinchey? though. But but a no, lot I, of people actually, think he's good. It's true. I've seen it's the true. cases made, and honestly, if, when we we're going overpaid players, it was Ebacon and then McGlinchey.
0: Oof. Yeah, McGlinchey's up For there. Me. He's making like ten. I just went Evicohn
1: because it's like the cap hit. But that's true. If we're looking at if I went salary, I was gonna say McGlinchey off top because he is not worth nearly eleven million dollars. You know, he hasn't proven that. Um, even if you take away last season and forget the injury, like his four, four seasons he played, it it wasn't really enough to feel on that. Yeah. But McGlinchey, I just feel like the way, like I see the way he's propped up to be like, look at him bounce back here. He he does better than what people think he is. And it's like, uh, you know what? It's great that his pass blocking isn't as terrible as people make it out like me. But the point is, when is he, when does he have those lapses in pass pro at the clutch moments? And so, you know, the, the the very few, several weighted plays that impact more versus like, like the other hundred he does great. You know, to me, it kind of sounds like the clutch plays he lets up is obviously more worse. It's like, come on, dude, pick your poison. He's literally picking the actual poison at the wrong moment, which matters. Yeah, I can't
0: argue with that because the player you're picking is much worse than the player I'm going to pick. But I'm just talking about overrated, like the hype exceeding the product. And to me, for the last two years, it's been George Kittle. George Kittle for two years was the probably the best tight end in the league. He was excellent, but I feel like the way people talk about him, especially locally, is that he's a Hall of Famer right now. Like I don't know, man. Like he has 20 career touchdowns. Vernon da- people are so dismissive of Vernon Davis' entire yes, they are. tenure yes, with the Niners. There. Like he was trash. He couldn't run. He could. He didn't have hand. Dude, Vernon Davis had two different seasons where he had at least thir- where he had 13 touchdowns. And he took over playoff games. Kittle has done nothing in the playoffs. He has 20 career touchdowns. Excellent player. But he is not a Hall of Famer yet. I mean, this guy's had two elite seasons. I'd like to see number three. And he's not the greatest end in, in franchise history either. I still got to give the nod to Vernon. Vernon was faster, stronger, mm-hmm. more productive on worse teams with way worse coordinators and coaches. So yeah, I mean, Kittle, excellent player, but he's a little overrated. People talk about him like he is the greatest tight end of all time.
1: Yeah, in that sense, a thousand percent. Like, yeah, I, it's it's the way that he's already like, oh, let's don't worry, it's Kittle, especially the last two seasons with his injuries and his lack of yeah. involvement. But th- th- I'd say it's more so the praise that sucks yeah. more than his actual production. Because yes. again, I like like I like I remember I hopped on your on your on your cone phone back when I was in Pro Bowl. I said like, yeah. look, his targets and production isn't even like half his fault you know you got you he got had Garoppolo. a good year last year he had a he good got Garoppolo. Year. so that like yeah. if he if he's still playing even with lance and he's like not getting the looks or whatever like i, I it's kind of hard for me to fully blame a receiver especially when i've seen like the, the plays that he is getting open it's just is the quarterback actually throwing it and is the and is the coach Kyle shanahan actually making him a. Uh, a priority figure to actually get the ball in his hands because remember, ultimately, the coach could say, Get the ball in George Kittle's goddamn hand. He, he could tell him, Lily, we're this is what play we're gonna do. Like you're the coach, you could literally tell him we're this is the player we're going, throw it to him. And I think we saw didn't he average like what, like like four or five targets a game, something last year? And it, w- it wasn't really like a lot, especially after that Bengals game last year, it really dropped down. And after that, he was pretty much just a blocker. So I think in that sense, the way he's propped up to be like Tall of Famer on the money, Vernon Davis is still the better 49er so far. But it's not, it's not like it's really like so much through a fault of his own. But, yeah, I get what you mean. Like they're, to, they're definitely just already just summarizing him like he's like the man. And I feel like people don't remember how good Vernon Davis was. Like this is We're kind so of my fast. generation.
0: I watched Vernon Davis the whole time. I mean, he was on terrible teams. But someone said that Kittle is stronger than Vernon. You guys don't remember Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis was a top ten pick for a reason. Vernon Davis at the combine put up 33 reps of 225. 33. Kittle put up 18. You don't understand what kind of a freak Vernon Davis was. His vert was 42 inches. He ran a 4-4 flat. This guy was one of the most athletic players I've ever seen, and he produced. Now, was he? Could he? Could he have been better? Yes. Was his route running good? No. Were his hands great? Not particularly. Still, he took over playoff
1: games against the Giants, against the Saints saying this is ever since he got cracked by the freak by a uh, cam chance that that's, that's pretty much ruined his reputation
0: also his game was heavily dependent on speed once he lost it around 20 30 it was over but i mean yep. is kittle not the same i mean his game is very dependent on speed so i'd like to see what he's like at 30 which is why i was in favor of trading him because i mean if you could go back and trade vernon at 29 you'd get a lot more than what do they cut him did they cut vernon
1: what? how'd they get rid of vernon i forget trade him for nothing it was I over. It was too late. Anyway. I want to say trade, but I think I'm wrong. Moving on. Because he went to Denver after. Or Wait, no, he got traded to Denver from another team. I don't remember. Jesus I don't remember.
0: Anyway, it doesn't matter. Most underrated player on the 49ers. Underrated. Underrated?
1: Obviously, I got to do who I wrote with this week, Jimmy Ward. I think Jimmy Ward. Yeah. Look, ever since like 2019, so 2019 was like the first year I started covering the 49ers. But it's not like I didn't watch them growing up, anything, because you know I'm pretty much in their backyard. So I, I remember entering, I used to, I used to, I was shorting the hell out of Jimmy Ward. Remember he started that year with a broken wrist. He bro- he mm-hmm. broke something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember telling like family members, I'm like, this dude Jimmy Ward very always gets injured so much than this and that. That's why they give him that one year deal. And I was screaming to various more needs to be the future. Then They bench to various more, and then Ward steps in, and then I was like, This ward guy is pretty damn good. I mean, I understand, and even after 2020, 2021, I understand the complaints is he doesn't get turnovers. And it's like, look, to me growing up, it wasn't so much safeties needed to be such ball hawks. Like, that's what made you a Hall of Fame player, like the Palomalo's Ed Reeds. But Ward is pretty damn good, and he's underrated, he's like a top five safety to me, especially when you paired him up with Jaquat Jukw- with Jaquaski Guitar. Like the way, especially that he's like they were so interchangeable. He like he's capable of playing in the box and against the run he's capable of manning you up in the slot he's coverage discipline he's a sure tackler and he's communicator which is very key people underrate as a safety to communicate so watch your alignments and everything like that that's why you have so many players saying look ward's like talking a lot he's he's, he's circling around he's trying to get us in position and everything and he's like chin checking everyone so to me Ward by far underrated and i really hope he gets a Pro Bowl this year like he says i yeah. think ever since i did that interview with you he's not gonna get it because he's the villain but to me i think that only helps him
0: yeah, of all the players on the Niners who have never made a Pro Bowl, I think he's the most deserving. You know, you could say Armstead, but I think I think Jimmy Ward has a bigger impact than Armstead, actually. Because yep. again, Armstead, good player, very good player. But most of his value is run defense. Right? Because even in the NFC championship game, he had no stats. But people could be like, well, you know, he did his job. He see he set the A, he was good against stout against the run. Okay. Give me a DB. Give me the guy who shuts down the tight end every week. Give me the guy who can play free safety, strong safety, nickel, corner if you need him. Jimmy Ward, I agree. I'm going to go with someone else on the defense, though. Aziz Shair. And I'm not saying the Niners should give him $15 million a year because I don't think he should be spending that much on linebackers. But I thought he was the Niners' best linebacker last year. As good as Fred Warner was, I thought Aziz is faster, more violent, in the backfield more. And last year, I thought he was just as good in coverage, which was okay. So, again, I'm not saying give Aziz a huge contract coming up. Probably won't. Probably don't do that. But it it really does show that the Niners have a great ability to develop linebackers on the cheap, and they should probably keep doing that. There's no real reason to to make big investments at that position. Just like I don't think it's a, a big need to make big investments on the D line. Like In the front seven, the Niners have really shown the ability to get quality players in the chief and just be super deep at that position. Both of them front seven.
1: Imagine anyway. Chris Cerec right there. Yeah. yeah. Aziz and Al- Johnny Holland and
0: D'Amico Ryans.
1: Yes. Yes. But yep. Aziz Asha here once, <laughs> once he stepped in for Fred in that Seattle game, when he, when Fred was injured for the first time in his career, I was telling, I was like, if Aziz steps up, if he fills in for this role, this guy is the freaking truth. And nothing's fake. And you know he's going to keep continuing this way. And my God, that guy was everywhere. He was literally like half the defense that day. It was absurd. I mean, it was like football porn watching this dude perform. He was fantastic. He was top of the line, upper
0: echelon out there. The only thing with him is like he plays so hard and has such high-speed collisions that he gets hurt. And so if he could he just – He dented his helmet one game. <laughs> Dude, he's got like so many things on his arms. I mean, he's been through a football, lot, baby. He's been through That's a football, lot. If he can stay healthy for seventeen games, I think he could put together an All Pro season. And he's going into a contract year. Watch, watch out for Aziz, man. Guy, guy on the verge of making a ton of money. Him, he could be an All Pro. I thought he played like an All Pro at times last year. Aziz.
1: Anyway, you we we mentioned all these talents on defense a lot already, and it's like. It, it kind of makes sense a little bit why they're rolling with Talanoa Hufanga out there, even though he'll probably have like a good amount of hiccups early on. Or He's surrounded by him. a lot of good players, right? It's like at some point we just got like, you know what? We'll try to live with it. We'll try to mask it. D'Amico, we're paying you money to figure it out. <laughs> we'll pay you money to get this guy not so much on the island and get picked on.
0: Also, doesn't it seem like if it doesn't work out with Talanoa, they can just call Jaquaski whenever and be like, "All right, man, here here's eight here's I, I a really million dollars." I really
1: don't think wants to come back.
0: What are his options? I. Has he retired? A lot of, a lot of rather, are stubborn, dude. Would he rather fish than play football? Probably, I, I just yeah. feel like he could be this year's Josh Norman, where it's like September sixth, and the Niners are like, "Look, I, I mean, it, they, it, Yeah, he doesn't need to be a training camp for him from his perspective. Like, I don't want to sign until September
1: anyway. All right, I, I guess it depends camp. if they have like some a good space, a good amount of salary cap space where they can actually give him like more money than they did last year. Because what was he getting paid? Like what? Like barely two million last year,
0: dude. There's no market for Jaworski Tart. No, the Niners not. are the only team. I'm like, hey,
1: prove me wrong. But I, I just, yeah, I don't know. But then the yeah. Niners are knocking on your door. That's pretty much, you know, they lost leverage.
0: I just feel like the Niners, every time they see Joukowsky Tart, they, rem- they remember the dropped interception. They just don't want that kind of juju. They don't want those vibes. They had to purge the, the <laughs> facility of that. Sorry. He's just the face of that loss, unfortunately. Shouldn't be. But, it's not right. It's not, it's not right. It's not- yeah, it Joukowsky- should be Jimmy. It's
1: not Joukowsky.
0: It's true. Matthew Sanders says everyone knew when the ball was going to Vernon and there was nothing you could do about it. He KO'd that safety in the catch part three, couldn't stop Oh, him. my God, dude. Dude, if Vernon Davis had been on a good – had played with Sean Payton, oh, my God. Oh, my God. If he had been on the Saints, it would crazy. Dirty. That would nasty. But he had Mike Singletary. All right, Rich Bonsall says Vernon and Delaney were great together. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Delaney
1: arguably had an even better career. I don't know if I can say that, but he was—he had a longer career. He had a longer career, more a little more consistent. Not as dominant, so maybe I think that's what you meant by like better, like it, longevity. was good for for like a better long uh, longevity.
0: Bryant, thank you for for the dollar. I appreciate it, Bryant. All right, moving on. I guess that's it for Warrior for Niners today. You want to talk a little Warriors? Go Dubs! All right, so they play tomorrow. They won Game Five. Brian Windhorst. That's a name. Went on ESPN afterward and said that the win was a checkbook win for the for the Warriors, meaning it somehow isn't as meaningful and somehow might not even be legit because
1: they pay more for their roster than the Celtics. What do you think of that? That annoyed me. You know what? I'm not, first and foremost, I'm not a Warriors fan growing up. I was always a Lakers fan. Now everything's like very lukewarm or like, or I don't even care anymore, but I will say this. (laughs) I do have a little bit, still a little bit of hate for the Celtics as growing up. So it's more for that than anything else. But I will say that watching the Warriors throughout all their times of winning their championships, it always pisses me off how hard the goalposts always move with them. It never fails. It's like, Seeing Warrior fans, like, say that, you would think, oh, there's homers. Of course they're going to cry about that. And it's like, no, they kind of have a point. You know, it's always constantly shifting. It's pretty nuts the way it keeps going. first it was, oh, they have Kevin Durant too much. Then it was like, they don't have enough talent. All this, like wishy-washy and this is a perfect example oh well, of course they're gonna win there should be a checkbook that's what they're paying for it's like dude everyone was slandering the hell out of them about the wiggins trade and how much they are paying him how much they are paying draymond and clay and all these players so it's disgusting it's, it's don't blame the warriors for cashing out and winning
0: games but they're not breaking any rules right like the league is set up for them to be able to do this so what windhorse essentially is saying is that the league is unfair the whole league and he waits until the Warriors win a big game in the finals to say it. Had he said this, this is something you say in the off season. Hey, you know, by the way, the league is totally unfair for these reasons, and it, there should be a hard cap the way there used yep. to be. And that's my philosophy. You wait until the Warriors win a game in the finals to be like, well, it's it. They, they've just bought that win with their. That's that's weak. To me, that sounds like sour grapes. It sounds like a guy who's in LeBron James' pocket trying to say mm-hmm. something to prop up LeBron James' legacy. That's what
1: it sounds like right and he was doing that even when uh lebron's was in those finals uh facing the warriors he would kind of like be like a nice little soft pincushion for uh, lebron to land on that's one thing uh, that's just disgusting me it's like over and over again dude when do you when do we just stop and just give credit can we just say like steph curry is one of the greatest top 10 players of all time it's like can we just stop saying can i don't know what do we not slander the yankees about paying all these teams Did your sound go away, Brent?
0: Did your sound go away? Oh shit! My bad. My bad. My bad. Sorry about that. Turkey. My bad. So that's what the NFL has, right? A hard cap. Yes. That's what you want. Like, I, all of a sudden, that's I, I like that. There's a soft cap in the in the NBA. It seems to me like all these owners are billionaires. Why are we <coughs> putting in mechanisms for them to spend less? Everything should be about them spending more. You have you own a you own a a franchise it's just printing money for you You already have billions of dollars spend more like look at the a's oh god really rich owners spend nothing to a degree it's, it seems to me that you should be allowed to spend as much as you want i like the fact that in baseball you can spend as much as you want these owners should be shamed into spending more they're profiting hand over fist it's outrageous spend more
1: i just Check think it's stupid that you shouldn't be like you know, poo-pooing on a team is like, well, look, they spent all this to win this championship. So these, but like, isn't the point just to win? Like who cares how you do it? It's like the same thing. Why people slander the Rams? Like, Oh, look, they traded all their picks. they had to do it. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what you got to do to win. Sometimes dude. other people's methods are different. It's Like great. You want to feel the more moral and righteous, whatever the hell that means and how you're going to win a championship. But ultimately at the end of the day, they're going to be having a parade and a ring on their finger while you're over there crying about how they won. I mean, in Europe for soccer, that's pretty much all they do. They they give top of the line money to top of the line stars. Right. <laughs> no one cries over there. That's the way. That's, that's the way business works. It's the way almost the world works, kind of. I think it's hella interesting though. Like Windhor says,
0: this gets universally crushed, and everyone's like, you know, why are we sticking up for the owners? Uh shouldn't Joe Laker be commended for investing and in winning and wanting to win? Yes. Um. Then yesterday on Twitter, I tweeted that you know, the NFL should have no salary cap and they should guarantee all salaries kind of like the NBA or more like the MLB. And a lot of people responded like, this is dumb. This would ruin football. There was you no know, the, the hard cap is what makes football great. It just shows like man, fans don't know really what they want on this issue. And I think a lot of not warrior fans feel attacked, but those same warrior fans might be Niner fans and in the NFL feel like, Hey, you know, we need a hard cap. Like, no, This is the most lucrative league in the world. All these owners are worth like $5 billion. They should be spending more. Why are we protecting them? Why are we making it easier for them to spend less? Anyway, there should be a minimum salary, not a maximum salary. There should be a a cap, a salary floor, not a salary cap.
1: which should be
0: a salary floor. Yeah.
1: Especially like when you're a fan. It's like, dude, I'm already spending like hundreds of dollars of tickets. and I can commute, all this stuff. like. Come, come on, man! Give us the product, especially if your team's very bad. Like, imagine if you're like you're not gonna go to you're a Jaguars fan. You're gonna go to those games? I mean, sure, if you're a Da'Hard fan, but like casual like Jaguars fan, are you gonna go to those games and spend all that money? Like, why? Your team sucks. What are you gonna do?
0: So, what Windhorse did was really problematic for a couple of reasons. One, it delegitimizes the the the, the NBA's best dynasty of the last ten years. They they bought their championships. It also dele, delegitimizes the entire sport, the entire league. That somehow it's not an equal playing field and it needs to be corrected. Like how dumb can you be, man? At a certain point, like you should probably be being like promoting the league that you cover because you've all the money you've made in your entire life is thanks to the NBA. I'm just
1: saying, man. I don't know. It's like (laughs) that's why the comments you made, dude, just Kelly was like just like the guy took like the water gun pistol and just shot it at the Warriors and just said, this is why I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it through my telescope vision. Without realizing, like, you're kind of like a little way sideways, kind of like poo-pooing on the league, too, bro. You I cover the second it. the second biggest league.
0: Maybe the third, because NCAA football is bigger than basketball. You cover yes, the third biggest league in the country, and you come out and be like, yeah, to be honest, this whole thing's a sham. Like, nice, dude. That's really great. Good job. <laughs> to be honest, like, this this team's a sham. This league's a sham. I don't know what to say. It's not a league. It's it's not an <laughs> equal playing field. Great, dude. Cool. And now you say it.
1: You know, the and they Warriors at- really should have spent a hundred million dollars less because that way they wouldn't be as fun to watch. Like, oh my god, like notice how like the Warriors when they're actually going as far, like the ratings, their rating, especially all the playoff ratings that they've been in have been skyrocketing and it's been more than any other team. So it's they're like, hey, you're crying, them. but they're getting yeah. the freaking results that they want. So what are we talking about here? Also, the
0: the idea that they're like unfairly good. Like, who picked the Warriors to win the uh the finals this year? I mean, their best players 34. Their next best player is 32. Their next best player is 31. I mean, they're old. They should not be where they are right now. They're beating a team that swept Kevin Durant. So I think it's pretty remarkable. And I'll just to kind of write it away as like, well, we could have seen this coming. They just have they spent a lot in their team. Like you didn't pick the Warriors
1: to win the finals, Brian. Uh-huh. You didn't see this coming. I don't Especially know. Especially where they started, like the actual new year, 2022. Like they were like they were really like a roller coaster. It was pretty
0: crazy. Can you imagine some NFL mm-hmm. reporter or analyst going on ESPN after a Super Bowl or during a Super Bowl and saying like, yeah, man, this team just bought the their victory. It doesn't really count. Like, yo, mute his mic, please. What? That's making That, that was sense.
1: like old school journalist or old school like NFL or anything, NBA. They, the owners probably could have heard that and just immediately it's been like sent like a little like undercover, like, like, hey, go, go, go string arms guy. Ask him like, yo, what's up? What's your beef, bro? Like the way they would do it back in the day when the owner hears them, they get mad, and they go send someone to go check on their ear. Like we're supposed to commend Boston for spending less? Why?
0: They're the Boston Celtics. They print money. They could spend more. What? So like we're supposed to applaud that they had like higher higher what? Profit margins? Who cares? That's, that's business. I, this is sports. Invest in your team. They could have had Andrew – I mean, I don't know. Whatever the, the Warriors did, it seems pretty good. But no one thought they were a dy- like a powerhouse coming in. No one thought Andrew Wiggins was the cheat code that was going to unlock everything. Oh, my God. They got Wiggins?
1: That's not fair. Yeah. And plus, I thought – honestly, I thought they were going to be pretty strong playoff contenders, even almost finals contenders. Like, I thought they were going to be like a top five team. So, I mean ah, – but still, like, just the way the – you're going to talk about the money, the money, the money, man. It's like – why? Why are we? Why are we crying about this? It's just. It, it just shows that there is like a, a right and a wrong way to win to some people, and even people in the media. That no matter what, it's just like a right and wrong way. When ultimately, at the end of the day, just, just freaking win. Just get the get the dub. Why do we get it? I feel like a, a big
0: part of media coverage in the NBA is like legacy coverage, and you have people who are LeBron people, yes. and Steph people, and Kobe people, and I don't know why, but like you, Brian Windhorst is a LeBron person. When he comes out and says this, essentially what he's doing is like poo-pooing Steph's legacy. Why is Steph's legacy good for the NBA? And more than that, Steph's legacy is good for LeBron because the best thing LeBron's ever done, the, his number one accomplishment is beating Steph in 2016, coming back from 3-1. So the more that Steph accomplishes, the greater LeBron's legacy is. Is he not smart enough to understand that? He should be. Winter should be. Able to, I mean, in the 80s, I wasn't there, but I think they, the whole league understood that magic's legacy improved bird's legacy and vice versa the greater they both are the more meaningful the whole rivalry is why would you want to say this dude's trash that's your rival
1: yep i don't get it i don't get it that's definitely well i mean lebron did say he wanted to play with the warriors (laughs) no the remaining two teams like i want to play with them right Look, if anything, if anything Horse should have really talked about with terms of the money the Warriors are spending, is they should spend more money on better security because they let the Clay Thompson imposter get away with taking 10 minutes of shots on the court. The guy shot I mean, through levels and levels of security, took like multiple shots. How cool is that? Like, come on, man, don't ban him. And then him. they
0: banned him from for chase from Chase for life. To me, the, the right thing to do would have been to send a letter and be like, touche. Touche. You got us, all right? You filmed the whole thing. That's on us. If you do it again, if one more time, you're banned for life. But you got us the first time. First time, shame on us. Come on. How do you not have a sense of humor on that? First time, shame on us. That's our bad. You basically did us a service and showed that our security wasn't good enough. Thank you. But if you ever do it again, you're banned for life. I think that was the, the proper response. They, they yeah,
1: that, that, that would have been like the great like, you know, away from the technical code. But in the way like they kind of have to do it just in case now – to send a message in case someone who thinks they look alike, like, I don't know, Andrew Wiggins looks alike, tries to come in here and play us. But, yeah, ultimately, yes. the the real security? Says, thank you for testing our, for stress testing our security, and we failed. If this was an audit, we'd have been screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doesn't the FBI, like,
0: hire the best hackers in the world? Like, isn't that kind of how it works? Like, if you're really good at being bad, then you get, like, a thank you and a, and a job, right? I don't know. That's what I thought. Maybe not. Isn't that how Cash Me if you can worked with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks? I don't know. It was a little old movie. Thank you for watching. Warriors play tomorrow night. Um, I'm gonna be back a couple of times today, and then I'm going out of town for the weekend for to a bachelor party. So that'll be fun. But I'll be, you know, dropping little videos here and there. Party.
1: The Woo! Wait, so do the Warriors end it tomorrow? I don't think so. You don't
0: I don't think, think so.
1: so. It's going to seven? I don't
0: think so. I, I'm a little jaded about the NBA. I mean, I think it's in everyone's interest for this to go seven. Even the Warriors, if they, if they, if this goes seven, do you know how much money they make from another home game? Oh my god! So everyone's dancing. Better security. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. What about you? What do you got going on in in life?
1: life, Next week, just living, baby. I gotta get the article up, which I don't even know. What am I writing today? Maybe I'll talk about something we talked about today.
0: Yeah, it's always. Right about how, I hate this
1: time of football. Write
0: about how overpaid uh, Fred Warner is, and then add him on Twitter. And then I'll be like, "Oh
1: wow, no," because I don't hey, believe man. that. I don't <laughs> believe he's overpaid. <laughs> I'd write it. If I I'd do it if I believed it. <laughs> Peace, everyone. Thank y'all.